You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Take your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. So tonight... Um, this is not going to be anything complicated, not anything that you haven't heard very recently. Um, this has a lot to do about love works, and it really comes a lot from um, love works and, and the preaching that comes from it. And so um, this will be familiar. It's nothing new, but I think it's a good reminder for us and even more of a foundation uh, for love works. So let's look at Matthew chapter 7. We're just going to look at one verse. It's verse 12. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, says, Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. I'll read it one more time. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Let's pray. God, we're thankful to be here, thankful to be in your house, to be with your people, and the encouragement that that always is, and we don't want to take that for granted, Uh, but I pray that you will meet with us tonight and that you will uh, speak to our hearts. I pray that uh, I won't be a distraction to the truth that you want to get across tonight, and I pray you just speak to our hearts and uh, give us a good time of fellowship together as well, and it's in your name I pray, amen. You may be seated. Well, a few years ago, um, Brielle and I went to a college camp. It's a college camp in Marble, Colorado, and it's one we were able to go to a couple times before we got married and couldn't go anymore. Um, but if you've been to Colorado, then you know how beautiful that those mountains can be. They're very, very, very beautiful. And so while we were there, then we, we got to do a lot of things, and, and it was mostly for preaching. Um, we've got to do a couple hikes and, and some different activities. But one of the traditions that we kind of started while we were there was to do a hike that um, no one else had not necessarily done before. Uh, it was not planned, no trail. We just wanted to see how far we could get. So a group of probably eight or nine of us decided to do that. And I'll be honest, it, it was the day we were going to leave, and we had to get up at like 4.30 in the morning and to, to, to do this hike. And so I didn't really want to do it, um, but Brielle was there. She was going to do it. We weren't married yet, so I was like, okay, I'll do it, whatever. Um, so we, we ended up doing the hike, and it, it was less of a hike and more of a climb. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I don't know that I've done anything that hard um, then or, or since then. It, it was a very, very hard hike, um, Again, there was no trail. We were basically just going straight up the mountain and getting up there how, however we could. And there were some in our group that did not want to come, and so they stayed down. They stayed down in the camp, and it ended up taking us longer than, than we would have anticipated. Um, and though, though the camp was beautiful in and of itself, it's nestled in the mountains. It, it really was beautiful. Any, any place in Colorado, once you get to the mountains, is beautiful, at least I think. Um, but... When you take that hike, when we decided to take that hike, then we wanted to see we wanted to see some more, 
And so I just want to show you the view from, from where we were at once we got up there. Now, you can't see that very well. And I'm sorry that we're in the picture. Again, we hadn't been married yet, so we wanted to be in every picture. We wanted pictures. So probably if this was this past year, we'd probably just have a picture of just the mountains. But there we are. It's a beautiful, beautiful view. You can go ahead and take the picture down. Um, so if you could see that, if, if you could have been there, then I, I just, the picture doesn't do it justice. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, I think the, the best view I've, I've ever seen. It was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And I could show you a picture from, from the camp, and it's beautiful, but not quite like it was getting to the peak of that mountain. Absolutely beautiful. The people that stayed on the ground, they missed out. You could show them pictures, but you, you, it really just doesn't do it justice. And if you've ever done a hike like that, then, then you, you know what I'm talking about. But Jesus, Jesus is teaching us here in this text, this is the Sermon on the Mount, He's teaching the disciples, he's, he's teaching us to pay the price to, to get this mountain view. And believe me, the, the life of the disciple is, is a, a hard trail. It's, it's a hard road uh, to, to, to go on. And, and just, just like that hike, it's a, it's a hard trail. But the, the view for, for true disciples, for, for true Christians, it can't be appreciated from being just in the camp from the bottom of the mountain. You don't really know what it's like until you get to the top, the top of this mountain. And as a disciple of Jesus, the view is totally different. It's totally different when, when you get to that, that mountain, when you get to that mountain view. But getting to the mountain view it is not traveled, it's not attained without purpose, without some hard work. The, the people in the camp... They, they didn't get to have that mountain view. They didn't want to put in the hard work. And I'll tell you, it was very, very, very hard work. And you don't get to see those things without going through some hard work, going through some climbing, going through some hiking. And you, you have to get there on purpose, and it takes effort. That's, that's how you get to a mountain view. And people have said that, that this verse here, verse 12, is is kind of like getting to that mountain view. It, it's Jesus's, um, it's, it's the summit of, of his mountain sermon. Um, most call verse 12, the golden rule. I, I think we'd all know it by that. Um, some call verse 12, the Everest of Christian ethics, of uh, the very highest point uh, of Christian living. And I, I think that's pretty appropriate. Um, the most common paraphrase to us of this verse typically is, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But like so many familiar scriptures and, and principles, um, most people don't necessarily truly weigh the, the meaning and the impact of those words. I think, um, I think probably most of us have grown up hearing about the golden rule and, and this principle here. And, and there's a lot, a lot of different takes on the golden rule. So here, here are some common views of this golden rule. Some argue that 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 this golden rule, this ethic, this principle is not necessarily a, a Christian uh, ethic or a Christian principle because there were a lot of people before Jesus Christ um, that taught that, that brought it up. Um, there's a story of two famous Jew Jewish teachers. One is Shema. He was a hard-nosed, unbending, demanding, letter-of-the-law type of man. And then there was Hillel, a kind, understanding, and forgiving man. 
So the story goes that, that a heathen came to Shema and said, I will become a Jewish proselyte, providing that you can tell me the whole law while I stand on one leg. And Shema drove him away angrily. Then the heathen came to Hillel with the same proposition, and Hillel's response was more simple. He said, what is hateful to yourself, do to no other. That is the whole law, the rest is commentary, go and learn. So the Jews will say that their teachers uh, came up with the golden rule way before Jesus. They, they think that, that, that they're the ones that they came up with it. Uh, the Jewish teacher, uh, Tobias, in the book of Tobit, teaches his son, what thou thyself hatest, to no man do. Confucius was asked if there was a word for a rule of practice in life. And he said, reciprocity, what you do not want done to yourself, do not do to others. A Greek king advised his officers, do not do to others the things that make you angry when you experience them at the hands of other people. Another one, Stoic, a man named Stoic said, what you, what you do not wish to be done to you, do not do to anyone else. We could go on and on and on um, on different views of the golden rule in, in different ways that the people have, have talked about it um, in, in the past. And, and the point is that, that all of these and, and more uh, were recorded by many before the time of Jesus. And again, many say that Jesus only imitated what others had, had said uh, about, this, about this principle. It's not, it's not a Christian ethic. It's, it's not a Christian principle. It's just a good way to live your life. But that's really not true. Because it's quite different from what Jesus was actually saying in our text. It's quite different from what Jesus meant the, the golden rule to be. All of the sayings that I just read um, are in a negative form. They're, they're all passive. It says, don't do what you don't want others to do to you. Don't do what, what, don't do what you don't want others to do to you. It's passive. It doesn't require any action. It doesn't require any effort just in action. You just don't do what you don't want done to yourself. If a person were, were given to an activity and, and they're passive in nature, honestly just lazy, then they could fulfill that principle with no problem. It, it wouldn't even require any religion or, or anything like that. There's nothing spiritual about it. It's just plain common sense. Don't do to others what you don't want them to do to you. And I'm afraid that many times as Christians, we treat the golden rule in that way. We, we just try to live normal lives and, and just try to stay out of people's way. We don't get angry. We don't lash out at other people. Um, we don't get into fights with others. We, we try not to say mean things. We, we try not to be a bother. But that's not, what, that's not what Jesus is teaching his disciples to do here. Jesus' teaching is active. It's not passive. What Jesus is teaching is not just a, a good rule of thumb or a general life principle. No, it, it's an absolute must for us as Christians. It's a big deal. It's a very big deal. In fact, look at verse 12 again. Uh, in, in the second half, it says, For this is the law and the prophets. So Jesus is saying that, that this commandment is the summary of the Old Testament. All, all the things that, that have been taught in, in the law, the prophets, that this uh, this saying is, is, the, is the culmination of, of all of that. All that was taught in the Old Testament, this was a big deal. This is the summaration of the law and the prophets. And Jesus has used that phrase several times, several times before. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll look at a couple of those. And I think it's very closely related. So Matthew chapter 22, 
Um, I'm not going to read it exactly, but later on in Matthew, a man comes to Jesus and he asks, um, he asked him what the greatest commandment is. What, what's the greatest commandment? And it was this. This is what he said. He said, love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. This is the summary of the law and the prophets. Galatians 5, 5.14 says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The point is this, and, and the commandment is, it is impossible to fulfill alone. Love is essential to carrying out the golden rule. It can't be carried out by, by just common sense alone, or, or by people who are passive, who are inactive, or really people who are lazy. It requires a love for God and a love for other people. The, the golden rule cannot be fulfilled without action. It can't be fulfilled without law. Do you, with, without love, not law. Without love. Can you see the difference between, between the, two, the two thoughts? One says, I, I'm not going to do anything bad to anyone because I don't want people to do anything bad to me. But Jesus says, consider, consider what you want people to do for you and actively seek opportunities to do that for others. There's a major difference. There's a major difference between that. William Barclay put it this way. He says, it is one thing to say, I must not hurt others because I would have them not hurt me. But it is quite another thing to say, I must go out of my way to help other people and to be kind to them, as I wish they would help me and be kind to me. It is the attitude which believes that we should treat others not as the law allows, but as love demands. Do you know how much, how much this, this principle would change our families, our church, even our culture? If every one of us in this room decided to actively do things for people out of love for the Lord out of love for them, not just sitting back and, and making our life comfortable, making sure that um, we're staying out of the way where we aren't doing anything that would displease other people. No, no, but we're actively seeking the good of others. It's action. That would make a huge difference in our lives, in our families. If we would just seek to actively, actively put into action the golden rule. So let, let's, look at, let's look at some applications, some things that, that we can do, um, we, we, that we can do in our lives, put into, put into practice in our lives because of this. So look, look back at verse 12. Again, it says, Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. At the beginning of our verse, Jesus says, Therefore, therefore, Jesus is, is tying, tying in all the things that he has just been teaching his disciples into this command, into this principle. So Jesus has been teaching his disciples on the, ser- the Sermon on the Mount. He's, it's basically just a, a discipleship course. He's teaching them how they ought to live, how they can live lives that, that please the Lord. And so Jesus, Jesus has been teaching his disciples to, to follow his commands and, and he's tying all that in to this command here, this one principle. I think it's good for us to look back and to see what, what Jesus has been discussing. So, going back to Matthew chapter 5, he's talking about loving our enemies. And, and we, we can ask ourselves some questions here. Do you, do you want anyone to hate you? I'll take an audible response. No, no. You don't have to answer audibly to all these, but... Do you, want, do you want people to, to despise you, to, to curse you? No. 
then it's not enough, as Jesus is teaching in that passage, it's not enough just for us not to murder. It's not enough for us just not to hate people. We're, we're actually supposed to pursue love. And, and what, what Jesus taught there in that passage was that, okay, um, you know, it's not, the, the law says don't murder, um, but I say unto you, don't be angry, don't hate. But then now he's taking it even a step further, and he's saying, no, we need to pursue love. We need to pursue healthy relationships with our families, with our church family. We, we need to pursue a healthy relationship with our coworkers. Actively seek to, to treat others how you would want to be treated when it comes to conflict, when it comes to your relationship with other people, then it's not good enough just to, just to not be angry at someone else, not to be angry at your spouse, but to actively seek uh, a good relationship with your coworker, with your spouse. Do you, do you want people to hold grudges against you? Of course not. Do you, do you want people to be vengeful towards you? Of course not. So we need to actively pursue forgiveness and, and pursue peace in our relationships. How about Matthew 6? When, when it's talking about people who, who are full of pride, their, their spiritual lives um, are, are so full of pride, and it's basically an act concerning prayer, giving, fasting, all this thing. He's talking, to, talking about the Pharisees. And, and if you go back and read that, then you, you can tell they're, they're full of pride. They're just putting on a show. They're, they're play acting. Do you, do you like hypocrites? No. no. Nobody likes hypocrites. Do you like it when people are fake? When you, when you can tell they're, they're, just, they're just full of it. No, we, we don't like that at all. Then as Christians, if we're to apply the golden rule in this way, then we, we ought to go out of our way to be real, to be honest, to be humble. We ought not pretend that, that things are different than the way that they are. We need to actively seek to be the person on the inside that we are on the outside, that we portray to be on the outside. We ought to be real to be humble towards people. This has, this has so many implications in, in our lives. And, and if you were to go back to, to the start of, of really his Sermon on the Mount and going back to the Beatitudes, then we can apply this in so, so many areas. Um, how about Matthew chapter 7, just er, earlier on in this chapter? And in one of the most famous verses in the Bible, it says, Judge not that ye be not judged. Do you, do you like it when people judge you? When they seem really, really judgy. When people just try to find fault in your every move, in your every motive, they're all just lo- looking for something wrong in your life. No, I, I can't stand those people. They, they never see the good, never see the good in you. They're always just trying to find fault. Well, the golden rule applied in, the, in this situation would be that we, we try to actively find ways to give people the, the benefit of the doubt. Actively seeking to be kind, to see the good in others, to... Man, I know this may be hard, but to give a compliment every once in a while. To give a compliment. And especially, I think this really applies in marriage. But not, not just to always be finding the fault in each other, but actively seeking to be kind. Actively seeking to, to show your love, to give compliments. That's okay. It's an okay thing to do. That, that's what the golden rule applied in this situation is. Actively seeking to be kind. Actively seeing the good in other people, not just their faults. Are we getting the point that the golden rule is that Jesus is, is talking about is supposed to touch every part of our lives. There's not an area in our lives that shouldn't be touched by the golden rule. You know, let's think, let's think about a couple other areas here. 
Do you enjoy it when people are generous to you? And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not just talking about gifts or, or things like that, but you, I, I think you would enjoy it. You, you enjoy when people are generous towards you. Then we ought to be actively seeking ways to be generous to other people and, and even putting ourselves in positions where we can be generous to others. It goes, there, there's so many, so many layers to that. If you're thankful for, for others' hospitality, inviting you out to eat over to their house, actively seeking a relationship with you, then we ought to be hospitable. We ought to actively be seeking to be hospitable to other people. If you're thankful and grateful when people show, show you respect and, and give you respect, then we should actively seek ways to show respect and to give respect to other people. Aren't you thankful for, for people giving of their time? Maybe when you, you need help moving, you need help with a project, or whatever it is, then people just saying, hey, you know, I can, I, I can be there. I, I, can, I can do that. Just out of the blue, offers to help you with something. That's very, very helpful. I'm thankful for, the, for those people. And we ought to actively seek to be a help to others. We ought to, we, ought, we ought to give of our time, our resources to help other people. Because we enjoy it whenever, whenever other people help us. And we're, we're, going to get to, we're going to get to something that, that I think can be a problem for us sometimes. But we'll, we'll get there. Um, how, how about when you, you go through a, a hard time in your life? Maybe, maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe you go through a, a, a health trial. Whatever the case, whatever it is, someone writes you a card. Someone prays with you, prays for you. Someone makes you a meal or, or helps with the household things. Whatever it is then at some point in your life, you, you've been blessed by, by someone during a trial, and they've been a help. And we ought to actively seek to be a blessing to someone else when, when, when someone else is going through a trial. You know, you always say, you know, I'll, I'll pray for you, or, or whatever the case is. Um, but how many times do we actually pray? How many times do we actively reach out? Or, or, we, or we hear, we hear, um, hear of someone losing a loved one, or, or they're going through a hard time, and then you say, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll write that down in its prayer meeting. I'll write that down. And then you just forget about it. Or, or pastor asks that we pray for, pray for him as he's gone, as he preaches somewhere else. And, and then we kind of just forget about it and we don't reach out. Well, when people do that for us, it's a huge blessing and, and we're thankful. So let's do that for other people. Let's pray for them. Let's be a help to them when they're going through hard times because it's, it's very helpful when, when it's done to us. Here, here's something that, that could really, really, really change our church. And, and obviously, we've been working on it with, with the Love Works, um, with all, all, the, all the Love Works that, that we're working on. Um, but how, how would you want to be treated as a guest at, at a church? At a church you've never been to, how would you want to be treated as a guest? Well, I, I grew up as a pastor's kid. I grew up um, going with my dad to other churches and going to different churches on vacation, as probably many of you have too. You go visit a new church, and sometimes it can be pretty, pretty awkward. I, I remember hating, hating as a kid going to different churches. And you may not believe it now, uh, but I was, I was a little shy, especially when it came to, to visiting uh, new people and, and new churches. But I, I remember walking into the church not really knowing where to go, um, it's a brand new building, and churches are notorious for just being amazed. You can't find, can't find anything in churches. But I, I would walk into the Sunday school classroom, and, and people would just kind of be in their own world or doing their own thing. 
Um, you've been there. I, I know you have. And, you know, you just go, you sit down, and no one necessarily greets you. You kind of do your own thing. You go about it. You go into the service, and you try to find a seat. No one necessarily greets you, or, or you're just walking in without anyone saying hi or showing you a seat or, or welcoming you, maybe not even getting your name. Or you walk out, no one's saying goodbye or thank you, whatever it is. I'm not trying to give a, some sob story or anything, um, but I'm just telling you that, that sometimes I, I have felt that in, as a guest, and I think you probably have as well, walking into an unfamiliar church. And, you know, one thing that would make a huge difference in our hospitality, in our friendliness, um, and, and just being kind to guests would be for each one of us to put ourselves in the shoes of a guest. And literally, literally start from, start from the beginning, whenever they drive into the parking lot. What, what are the things that are going to be going on in their mind when they first come to Eastside Baptist Church? Put yourself in their shoes from start to finish. When they walk in the doors, how, how would you want to be greeted? How, how would you want to be, be shown to, to your Sunday school class? How would you want to be, be seated how would you want to, to be greeted and, and would you want people to learn your name? Would, would you want um, to feel at, at home? Would you want to feel welcome? I think, I think the answer is yes. We ought, we ought to all be actively seeking to be friendly, to be welcoming to guests because we, we want to be welcomed and we, we, want, we want someone to be friendly to us. You know, there's there so many different areas where we can apply this and I, and I, I, I hope the, the Holy Spirit will just um, burden your heart for an area in your life to, to apply the golden rule. Um, but when, when Jesus Christ says that, that this is the law and the prophets, that this is such a big deal, and, and going through all, all these verses that talk about loving thy neighbor as thyself, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, it's a very, very big deal. And it has to be embedded in our minds, in our brains, that in every area of our life, we ought to think about what we want people to do for us and actively, actively seek to do that for others. And, and just as a reminder, this, this is really important. We, we ought not to do all of this just to expect something in return. You know, we, we shouldn't do something for someone just because we think that they may do that for us later or that we want, we want them to. Or we're trying to give them a, a signal like, hey, I, I want you to do this for me later. No, we, we ought to do that because of our love for the Lord and our love for other people. You know, it's, it's love works. It's love works. If we have love for God and if we have love for other people, we're just going to do, we're just going to do it for other people because, because we love the Lord, because we love them, expecting nothing, nothing in return. And, and this really helps us in Luke 6. Go ahead and turn there. Luke chapter 6. We're going to look at verse 31. Luke chapter 6, this is the, the parallel passage to this text. And I think it, I think it sums up what, we, what we're talking about here pretty well. So look at Luke chapter 6, verse 31. We'll read a couple verses. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them, which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them, of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners, to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good, 
and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. You shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Obviously, from this passage, this is not an easy task. You know, love the unlovable, do good to those that aren't always good to you, that aren't going to give back to you, give to those who are probably not going to be thankful. That's a tall task. That's hard. That's hard for us as Christians. But Jesus says that our reward will be great. It's like the illustration I used at the beginning. Being at the bottom of the camp, that's easy. That, that's like, that's like the, the, the first part of the golden rule that we talked about, that, that don't do unto others what you don't want them to do unto you. That's easy. That doesn't require any effort. And, you know, that's, that's where a lot of us can be satisfied with living, is at the bottom of the camp, just kind of live our life um, just how we want to. But if we, if we want to get to that mountain view, then we have to decide to put in the effort. We have to be purposeful about where we're going. When we're willing to put in the hard work and do what others don't want to do, then you're going to be rewarded with a view that no one else gets to see. And, but it takes hard work. You're, you're, going, you're going to have to climb. You're going to have to, to put in the effort to get there. That's the same, that's the same way that, that we have to view this as well. We're, we're not going to get to that view. We're not going to get to that reward if, if we just live, live like we want to. If we just live in, in, in action, being passive. We're not going to, to reach that point. We're not going to be all that Jesus says that, that we could be unless we put into practice what, what Jesus has laid out for us here. We ought to think about what, what, people, what we want people to do for us and actively seek opportunities to do that for them. So I want to ask you, are, are you content with being at the base of the camp, in, in action, being passive, just going about your business, staying out of people's way, or are you actively seeking to benefit others, to love others? Are you actively seeking a peaceful and, and loving relationship with, with your family, with, with your husband, with your wife, with your coworkers, with your church family? Are you actively seeking a, a loving relationship? Are you actively seeking to be real and to be humble in, in your spiritual life? Are you actively seeking to, to find the best in others, not, not their faults? Are you actively seeking to be generous, to be hospitable and giving? Are you putting into practice what we've been talking about with the love works, greeting guests unprompted, learning their names? Or are you actively seeking to, to treat guests like you would want to be treated as a guest? We all have to decide that tonight we're, we're going to take an active part in the golden rule. We're going to actively seek to, to love others as God has loved us and shown us love, the unlovable. We were his enemies, and yet he showed us love without really expecting anything in return. Are we going to actively seek to love others as God has loved us and how we would want others to love us in return? So, let me ask you, are you at the base of the camp right now? Are you, are you actively seeking to, to love others? Are you act, is there something in your life that you are doing to show your love for others? Something that you are doing in your life to live out this principle that, that, God, that God has taught us? Because if not, then 
then we, we, ought, we, ought to be, we ought to be actively seeking to love other people. And we're never, never going to get to, to the reward that Jesus has for us. We're never going to be all that God wants us to be until we actively, actively pursue um, to love others as, as Christ loved us and as we want others to, to love us. So let's stand as we prepare for invitation. Tonight, let's, let's decide to make this principle an active part of our life. Ask the Lord to show you a, a specific area where, where you can actively seek to, to show your love to others and to show, show your love to others like you would desire to be loved. Let's pray. God, I'm thankful for this principle in your word that you, uh, that you desire for us to love others like we would want to be loved, but also I'm so thankful that, that you loved us um, and, and it's so, so much more than we deserve and we don't deserve it. And, and you love us with, with nothing um, expected in return and I'm thankful for that. And I pray that we, will, that we will remember your love for us. And we'll remember even the times that, that people have shown their love to us in, in different ways, different areas. And I pray that you will show us um, an area, even just one area, to work on that, that we can show our love um, for you and show our love for other people. So I pray that you will speak to our hearts. It's in your name I pray. Amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.